can't really be quiet when it comes to disabilities. You kind of got to like bang, bang your sauce pots and scream from the roost. I was born without a right hand. At the age of seven, you'll be offered a steel claw. That makes no logical sense. Didn't understand why I needed to wear a fake arm to fit in. I was the first kid in the UK to have a robotic hand. I just don't make biological sense. I have a bit of a thing with authority. <laughs> Stop being a little bitch. Don't rely on the people around you to have the answers. You know it's special when you can crack like a disabled joke and they don't shit themselves. Today's guest, Brooke Milhouse, is a disabled content creator, podcast host, and adaptive athlete. It was a great conversation today to have with Brooke, particularly surrounding some of the common misconceptions when it comes to disability and some of the common challenges when it came to limb difference. I really do hope you enjoyed this episode, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome to the Not Quite Podcast. I'm Charlie Randall. Let's get ready to rewrite the rule book. Welcome back to the Not Quite Pod. Today we've got Brooke with us. Brooke, do you want to just quickly introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are, what you do, and yeah, a bit about yourself. So I'm Brooke. I host a podcast called Disabled and Proud, and I'm also an adaptive athlete, and like my sport or like choice of fitness is CrossFit. And yeah, and like that's how we that's how we became to know each other, because you came on my pod and now you return the favour, and like I do a little bit of disability shouting like as I like to call it yep you can't really be quiet when it comes to disability it's you kind of got to like bang bang your sauce pots and scream from the roof to make sure you get heard <laughs> <laughs> yeah you gotta go for it you got you gotta have a bit about you to attack disability I feel like yeah I I would 100% agree I think you've got to be able to you've got to be able to like challenge what is the social norm and that's like exactly what being yeah. disabled involves. And like, it's the shitty part of being disabled, but actually it can be quite fun as well. And you kind of get away with saying quite a lot too. <laughs> yeah, and I always, I don't know about you, but I always feel like, cause I'm one of the more extroverted disabled people. I'm one of them people that if there's a, a more introverted disabled person, I'm like, okay, I've got this. I will fight your corner. <laughs> I will scream and shout for you. It's fine, don't worry. <laughs> I love it when you like it's the classic meme where it's like you know the introvert needed the extrovert best friends because they help each other out and I love that because I like there are so many yeah. introverted people that I know and I'm like no you can do it like you can like you can scream if you want to like you're allowed to and they're like okay like how would you do it and I'm like just scream yeah. <laughs> like you can <laughs> <laughs> um so what was um growing up like for you tell us a bit about like growing up and what, what your disability is how it affects you and your sort of day-to-day -day experience yeah so I was born without a right hand and they didn't know that it was going to happen until I until I literally like came out of the womb they they had no idea and so I was actually born in Australia and um what they turned around and said to my mum and dad was is that Whoa. Had had I been born with like a heart condition, I was I would have been like geographically in the best location in the world to get treatment. I would have had like the top treatment, like the best treatment in the world. Like heart condition kind of wouldn't have been a problem for my life because they had back then cardiology was mm. like the best thing in Australia. But and as is, I would say, with quite a lot of like limb difference and like limb clinics and all that kind of stuff. It was, it's still very medieval. That's, that's like the best way that I can describe it. And what they turned around and said to my parents was, was that at the age of seven, you'll be offered a steel claw, but up until then, there's not really all that much that we can do to support you or help you or try and navigate this life. Oh. You've now, like you've got a brand new child into the world and she doesn't have a right hand. We kind of can't really do anything for you. And so <laughs> my parents, God love them, made like the really quite a big decision to move so my mum is from Scotland so they moved back to Scotland and I was there and I went and oh, saw wow. like some clinicians and then from then so when I was when I moved back to the UK when I was really really little I always had like prosthetics mm. and then it got to maybe the age of four or five and I just didn't want to wear them anymore I didn't understand why I needed to wear what I would call a fake arm. Like I didn't understand why I needed to wear a fake arm to fit yeah. in. 
I didn't understand why I'd need it at school. I didn't understand why I'd need it at gymnastics. Like I, I, I couldn't compute it. And obviously I didn't have the language to say that, but I just stopped wearing it. And actually yeah. what it like, what I can now say, cause I do have the language is that I didn't understand why I needed something for, for me that was fake. I was putting like a fake hand on my body to fit into society. It just felt all very false. Like I didn't understand why I just couldn't yeah. turn up without a prosthetic and be like, I'm here and everything's fine without everyone being like, <gasps> yeah. like, oh my gosh, like how is she going to do this? Or what is yeah. she going to do? Um, and so, but then that's always kind of been my attitude that's like, I'm going to turn up exactly how I am and you're going to like it or lump it. But yeah. either way, like it's your choice. Yeah. Like, I'm very happy with who I am and I'm not, I'm not going to change any part of my disability for you to make you feel more comfortable. Cause actually mm. like role reversal the non-disabled in like the world don't change how they are to make us feel comfortable. So why should I have to make my disability quote unquote more palatable for anyone else? So yeah, it was a wild That's ride growing up. True, I was really just... like ballsy. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I don't think I would have had that level of confidence at seven, eight. So fair play. Um, so did you not find the um, prosthetics useful in like day-to-day -day life in just using them at all? So quite interestingly, when I was given my first, like my first ever hand had no robotics whatsoever. And robotics was only just really up and coming in the UK when I was really little. Mm. So I think I was the first kid in the UK to have a robotic hand and it was super basic. It was open and close and that was it, which is absolutely mm. leaps and bounds like we've moved on so much from then but at the time it just yeah. wasn't useful like you realistically you don't actually open and close your hand in that manner naturally very often during the day so whilst no. I think yeah you know like you, you don't unless you're holding a pen for like 23 out of the 24 hours a day it's not actually that helpful and it was heavy yeah. and the batteries were really cumbersome and like I don't have all that much like arm after my elbow like I maybe have at most five centimeters so to try and balance that as well on my elbow was really sore on the joint and like actually when it came down to it it just it wasn't yeah. worth it there was no point in it and um yeah I think I was quite glad actually that I just I let it be and I never really let it get to me that it wasn't something that I pursued or really wanted because mm. like I said like for me and I know it's not for everyone but for me it's something that's very false and putting that on your body just to be almost like yeah. able-bodied and like like I'm not so I don't need to pretend that I am yeah yeah I get that I do get that yeah that's fair enough um so what was was I think we discussed it when we spoke the um on your podcast but what was it like school-wise for you mm. school was fun like I had a great time at school so I like, I think because I'm someone who just turns up and I'm like, I am who I am. You're going to like it or lump it. And yep. if you don't like it, then that's not really my problem. <laughs> like, I'm not going to change who yeah, I am a... for you. Like, it's, it's just, it's not going to happen. And I think because I am that way, I think a lot of people didn't necessarily, I think obviously when you first meet someone when you're younger who has a disability, you don't really know how to react. And I think a lot of kids were like, oh, like, can she play catch? Because <laughs> that's, you know, like hot currency when you're a child in the playground. Like if you can play ball or yes. something, you know, you're you're in with the cool kids. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so actually like school was pretty fine for me. I really enjoyed it. Like I had a good time. I didn't have any issues <clears throat> other than the fact that I like, I, I, I have a bit of a thing with authority. Not that I don't like it but I need someone to explain <laughs> to me as to why I need to do something to want why? to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So like I didn't understand yeah. in maths why I really needed to know my seven times tables because I couldn't see how it was going to help me in later life. Cause I was like, well, calculators yeah. exist. Like for me, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And so I think a yeah. lot of teachers <laughs> thought that I was really cheeky and really gobby when the reality of it is sometimes I just need you to explain to me why I need to do something. Cause if I don't, if I don't like it, 
and I can't see what the benefit is in the long term, I'm probably not going to do it. <laughs> you, you sound like the most sassy seven-year-old I would have ever met. Just like, oh, <laughs> I'm not doing that, and here's why. It's true. Like the thing is, Listen, I've always Karen. been able to. Yeah, lit. I've always been able to be like, look, I just if I don't understand why, then I probably won't do it. And like, if it's a good enough reason, like absolutely full on. But like, if I can't see the future benefit of something, I'm a bit like, oh, not sure I'm going to take part in this because I, I think this is like a just now thing. I don't think this is like a lifelong going to help me in ten years yeah. time thing. You know, just say, kid, don't turn on. How about no? literally that that makes me sound like I was really disruptive I really wasn't but I was very much like I need someone to tell me as to why (laughs) I don't know why I need to know the circumference of a circle is that going to help me do my taxes no (laughs) so therefore I don't need to know yeah let's not get into the whole what's going on with the education system and practicality (laughs) of the education system because we will be here all day yeah we will be for sure Um, that is for sure what got you into sport because obviously we come from slightly different fields when it comes to sport me being more your classic bodybuilder uh weightlifter and you're more crossfit uh functional training um yeah yeah. so what got you into sport I've always been like a really sporty person I played sports all throughout school like I was in hockey teams I was in netball teams I swam um I played like rounders always did athletics And then when I went to uni, I played uni hockey. So like sports never not really been a part of my life. And so when I graduated, obviously like you kind of leave that institutionalized fitness as I like to call it, because you don't really have, you need to go out and find your club because when you're at uni, when you're at school, it's kind of there for you, right? You don't really need to do too much research into it. So when when I left uni I was trying to like find something that replaced that because I I love being sporty I love what sport does I love the camaraderie and sportship and I like I just love I just love that feeling and I kind of stumbled upon CrossFit and I was like oh this looks like something fun and interesting and new like I haven't really tried weightlifting before I haven't really tried gymnastics before I quite like the idea that it's functional so actually it's probably going to help me like in life like this could be really useful (laughs) (laughs) i just i just like where my brain went it's just it's like it's so like (laughs) it's one of those things isn't it like you think it's so and it probably be the same for you for weightlifting right is that you can feel yourself getting stronger so you know how beneficial it's going to be in like a year's time and like, it's just, it's so yeah. good for you. And like, it's so good for your mood and your mental health and all the benefits that come along with it. I just think are like unprecedented. So I kind of, I literally stumbled into CrossFit. I remember kind of looking it up on Instagram and like seeing if there was anybody like me. And I came across um, Lou Hawkins, who at the time was training CrossFit. And really, really luckily, the coach that I was working with at the time knew someone who knew Lou and I got to have like a zoom call with her to talk about all the adaptions that she uses and what she recommends and all the kind of things that she was telling me that I needed to get and like have a look into and be prepared for this to her and do it this way and really strengthen these particular areas of your body because that's where you're going to feel it more so than other people and and I can't ever thank her enough for that time that she gave me because it was invaluable and yeah I kind of just stumbled into it and then really loved it like really loved it and I still I absolutely yeah. love it now it's for me it's, it's like the camaraderie in it you feel like you're physically gonna pass out but then you feel euphoric afterwards <laughs> and I, there's yeah. something about like that yeah. shared close to almost like a near-death experience type thing that you all shared together and then you yeah. come out the other side and it's like oh we like we did it like it was super tough and super hard but like yeah. we pushed ourselves and we got through it and like I love that I yep. love that about all sports. See, that's the thing that bugs me. So um, those who know me know that I come from a swimming background. So I was very much used to that uh, that thing of that black hole that you had to go into and then somehow yeah. figure out a way out of. Um, 
but I can't find that switch anymore. And it really bugs me. Like, I can't find that. Like, obviously, weightlifting is very much like lift this weight. Yes, it's going to suck for the whole of like five seconds, but you're going to be fine. Whereas CrossFit is very much you're in that black hole and you stay in that black hole for a little while before you pop out the other side. And it's really bugged me since I stopped swimming that I'm like, where the hell has that switch gone? Because I can't (laughs) find it. Yeah, you got to like put yourself into a pain cave and like just accept yeah. the fact that you're in a pain cave and the only way that you're going to get through it is just to get through it. Like yeah. there's no tapping out, just do it. Um I can I can completely understand that because it's such like a key part of what I love doing is being like okay, this sucks, but we just got to get through it. Like yeah. once we're done like and it's something that I continuously say is that pain is temporary but glory is forever. <laughs> That's fair. That is very true. That is very true. So like when I'm in like the like balls deep in a horrible workout, I'm like pain is temporary, glorious forever. Pain is temporary, glorious forever. (laughs) (laughs) See, the worst thing is I have the worst self-talk because I just have stopped being a little bitch in my head. And I'm like, (laughs) that's what it is. This is little one. Stop being a little bitch. Pick the weight up. It's kind of similar, except I would probably say mine's a bit more gentle. (laughs) Yeah. But I do, I completely understand that because you're like, come on, like, let's do this. Come on. Like, you know, you can, you just got to push through it. And that's where the whole like mental game versus physical game, like the game of what happens, like what you think you can do and what you actually can do, like comes into play. And I I also kind of love that as well. So yeah. Getting over those limiting beliefs. Fitness and CrossFit and just like general fitness. Yeah, and I love that as well. Like, I think there's so much to be found in looking at what you thought you could do and then what you actually achieve. I think that's really, like, wonderful and a really, like, great place to be. Coming back to your point about, like, going into into training someone with a limb difference, what was some advice that you'd give or that you got given that you would share to say, if you're thinking of going to sport and you've got a, a limb difference, particularly those that have got similar limb differences to yourself, what would be some advice that you'd give? Try, try it. If you think that you can do it a certain way, try it. And don't rely on the people around you to have the answers because the likeliness is, even if they're a fitness professional, they won't you know your body the best, you know yourself the best, particularly like, and I'd say this is for all, anybody with a disability going into any form of sports. If you think you can, or you think you can do it a particular way, do it the way that makes you feel most comfortable and don't listen to anyone else because nobody else knows your body like you do. And like every disability is completely individual. Every disability is so unique to the person that actually you you will know yourself the best regardless of how many people your coach whoever pt has worked with you yeah. know yourself best so yeah if you think you can do it a particular way crack on and do it your way that's completely agree sure. with that I, I completely agree with that my my pt buddy that helps me with a lot with bouncing ideas off of him he always says to me there's one exercise i do and he's like it shouldn't work like you should snap your rotator cuff every time you do this but somehow every day you come in, you do this exercise and nothing happens. You just get stronger. And I'm like, I'm just part bionic, I guess. And just, just don't make, I just don't make biological sense. There you go. Do you know what though? That's like, it's such a trait of a disabled person. Is that like, just go in, give it a bash and make it, make it work for you. Not you work for it is what I think. And like, yeah. Our bodies are not like average Joe blogs. We don't we don't have that, but sometimes it sucks a bit. No. But actually, is that not like the most magical thing ever is that we can go into a space and almost deconstruct it and put it together exactly how we want it to be able to work for us? How lucky are we? Yeah. It's like a playground all the time. Yeah. Also, what's, what's your opinion on like inspiration porn when it comes to disability and being in the gym because part of me loves it part of me hates it because there's a part of me that loves that almost eyes in the back of your head part superhuman part just people are like what the hell and then other times I'm like look Keisha just let me work out leave me alone I don't want to I really can't be bothered 
I think it's it's such an interesting one, isn't it? Because actually, I love the idea that someone is coming to me or, you know, like looking at what I do and being like, oh my God, that's amazing. What I don't like is when someone looks at me and they say, well, she's only got one hand and she can do it. So why can't I? I think there's a big, big difference in belittling yeah, yourself yeah. in comparison to my disabled body when you have an able body. Like my body is not in the gym to make you feel worse about your body. But if you look at me and think, oh, wow, like, isn't that really cool that she can do that? I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Although the other bit of it that I do like is that thing of like people have the whole thing of, oh, wow, like this disabled guy deals with this level of pain, these issues, and he's still here. Meanwhile, I'm doing self-talk at home going, oh, yeah, I don't really fancy going to the gym. And that, that's me saying that. And everyone has that, no matter whether you've got a disability or not. But I yeah. do love that whole thing of me sitting there. And I'm like, well, I can get up and do it. Like, literally, my legs are killing me right now. And I'm still going to train them. I'm still here. Yeah. I think, yeah, but, I think being... Yeah, it's really weird. Particularly in the sports area, it's it's a really funny one because I think we look to athletes or we look to people in the gym and, you know, we see them as the physical peak. And that's what, you know, that's what we all do. That's why gym porn exists, like gym spiration exists. So I think when you throw like a disabled mm-hmm. body into the mix, everyone's a bit like, oh, I don't really know how to take it. Like, Whoa. is this amazing? Or like, what's going on? Like, how do yeah. I react? So I, I can understand why people stop and stare because like, I would. Yeah. But then I also have to think, yeah. you know, don't make yourself feel bad because I can do what I can do. Like our bodies aren't the same. So don't put us in the same boat. Yep. I mean, we, to, <laughs> to bring this full circle, me and my partner were looking at your seven ki- uh, 17 kilo clean and jerk and both looked at it and went, yeah. fuck it out. <laughs> <laughs> I was so proud of that. <laughs> I was so proud. I was so happy when that happened. Like, I can't tell you. I was literally over the moon. It was. It was just. I was sitting there going, "How have you not fallen backwards?" Because if I did that, I'd fall backwards all day long. (laughs) I just. I had a pair of lifters on. I was really stable on the ground. I wasn't going anywhere. But like, that's the kind of thing that I love. Like, you know, thank you. Firstly, like, thank you for watching that video. Like, love that. Isn't that amazing? But also, like. Isn't it so cool that we can do that? Like our bodies can do that. Yeah. How cool is that? Like, yeah. and I didn't drop yeah. the weight. Yeah, completely you agree. Know? Like, yeah. Isn't that amazing? And like, this is not, you know, training is not for everyone. It's just something that sparks a lot of joy in me. Yeah. So like, I get really excited about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm still trying to fathom out that. Uh, so me and my girlfriend, Gina, did a test the other day of who could do the heaviest on leg press. And I was like, oh, fucking, I can't believe I'm going up against an able-bodied uh, person whose carbs are, and she won't mind me saying this, they're the equivalent of Jack Grealish. Like, they are huge. And I'm like, <laughs> there is no way, no way, no way I'm going to beat her. And I got 100 and she got up to 65 and caved. And I was like, that makes no logical sense. None whatsoever, but disabled bodies for you. Magical beings, I'm telling you. There's there's something got sprinkled in us when we were made, I'm telling you. Secret sauce. We're we're just crazy. I think it's just crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I think there's something about kind of like assembling your body in a world where your body isn't necessarily yep. meant to be assembled that just makes you inherently chaotic. Like it does. Like yes. I actually don't know really a disabled agree. person who isn't slightly chaotic. I don't know anyone that's not even... I, I'd just go say no one's my, not below mild chaotic. Everyone's just chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. And it's like, so I'm, true. Uh, I'm 90% sure if I got access to 90% of people's disabled people's brains, I have going to walk in and go, I have no idea what's happening right now. I don't know what <laughs> what's going on. Right now. 
it's like a circus up in here. We have a lot of things to think about, you yep. know, like how are we going to do this? What are we having for dinner? Oh, like, can I clap my hands? Yep. Probably not. Oh, well, <laughs> like, there's a lot of things going on. <laughs> how many times, actually, this would be really interesting. How many times have you had like a, a thing that you've been really struggling to achieve? Like maybe it's a task that you've never been able to do independently and you're constantly thinking, okay, how can I tackle this? to make myself do it independently. Because I've sat there many a time at like 11 p.m. at night going, oh, I've got an idea. I know how we're going to do this now. So for me, that comes up the most in the gym. I don't really get it in like day-to-day life because ah. I think I'm so I'm so used to how my body moves in this world that actually that's some really... How your body works, yeah. Yeah, like I know how it works and stuff. And I think because... And I think this is obviously because I was born disabled. I didn't acquire my disability. Like I know how my body works and, you know, those years of development, I developed with a disabled body. So I don't know any different. But for me in the gym, different matter. When I'm seeing someone like clean, like, you know, get the weight above their head. I'm like, how do I do that? But with one hand. And I will, I will watch videos of people from all different angles to see where their, how their body moves. And I'm like, how does that translate to my body? That's the kind of thing that that's yeah. exactly where that comes into it. Cause I'm like, how do I do this? Or how do I do that? And it was like, for me, pull-ups yeah. still can't do a pull-up. Been doing CrossFit for like two and a half years now. Do I have the strength? Potentially. Can I do it? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm still really looking at like, ways. Yeah. It's really hard to get like the leverage, I would imagine. Cause like your balance is off. Everything's just not quite right. Everything's more yeah, tilted to one really side. Tricky. So yeah. yeah, I'm still working on it. I still can't tell you how I'm going to get it done. Hopefully it will happen by the end of this year. That's my like year aim is to get a pull up. But that's where I get that kind of level of like oh, analyzing. And it's almost like an equation, yeah. isn't it? Because you're trying to compute like what it looks like for able-bodied Joe Blocks yeah. and then what it would look like for you yeah. and how do you make the two symbiotic. And that's where it's like all the yeah. brain power and you're like, oh my goodness, like I could try this or I could try this or I could try that or I could do that. And if someone yeah. spotted me a little bit to the left, then maybe it would work. So yeah, I completely yeah. understand that. And I get it as well. Cause I think I, it's also somewhat what fires you up a bit. Cause you're like, oh, like yeah. it's a new challenge. I always describe my brain, uh, whenever this happened, I describe my brain as, do you remember the little Wii characters? The little Wii characters that you could create on the Nintendo Wii's, the little ones that, like, <laughs> yeah. that wave their arms about. I have one of those in my head that basically runs to each corner of my brain looking at different ideas and going, is this an option? That's hilarious. <laughs> that is so funny. It's the only way I can describe it. So I found this really interesting is that some people think in pictures or they think they have like an internal monologue. And I was just like, just out of curiosity, which is yours? Are you a picture person or are you an interior monologue person? I'm weird. I'm a bit of both. I like, I, I'm probably a bit of both. Interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, as I say, I have to stop being a little bitch in my head in the gym. And then normally I've got quite like a, not a photographic memory, but like, along that line so like a lot of the time I yeah so you'll see the cogs turning in my head and then I'm able to see it like one of my biggest issues if I've know if I've lost something and I know I put it somewhere but I can't find it in my brain where it is that's when I sit there and I'll be able to all of a sudden see it and I'm like oh I know where it is it's in that really obscure place that I said oh I'll put it here because it's safe I put the car keys in the fridge again oh no <laughs> <laughs> no i've never done that never i've not got that far yet <laughs> just the idea of that just oh no where are my car wait in the fridge i've I left my car keys maybe when i'm really bizarre places so like for, for me it wouldn't surprise me i'm quite often in the fridge getting my food <laughs> I, you can't surprise uh, don't worry i've uh actually left my car keys in the car before yeah yeah that was not was not a not a proud moment of mine going shit where are the car keys oh snap it's like when you leave your front door keys (laughs) in the front door and then you're like where are my front door keys and you search the entire house (laughs) and then you remember or you just like go to the front door and you're like ah i never took them out i just went in (laughs) yeah 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 been there before um 
One question I do want to ask you, because you came up with some really interesting points when I asked you, because this is the second time we've tried to record this, um, <laughs> um, is what's your experience of dating been with someone with a limb difference? So I think it's an incredible bullshit detector. Like it's so, it's so incredible hmm. at like weeding out the assholes from the people who are actually nice. But then on the flip side, you can get people who are like heavily obsessed with your disability or people who think they're being funny or like classic on Instagram is the classic devotees. So people who will be like, I love your arm. I'm obsessed with your arm, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, no, that's so like, we're not here to talk about devotees, but that is like a whole other subsection in itself. And it's a very, very complex situation. That's But dating. It's so weird because I'm like, it's like the whole eyes up here thing. It's it's very, but it's completely different. It's, yeah, it's, to be fair, I haven't really known any men with limb differences to get it. Like all the women I know with limb differences that get it. Because I know, I like, I know a lot of girls like me, um, and we all kind of get the same messages, yeah. and it's like it's yeah. like bizarre. It is truly, truly bizarre. And I, it's someone so was weird. like, "Oh, how do you know that it's weird?" And I was like, "You know, when someone is like eyeing you up and down at the bar, and you know that they're interested." And my friend was like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. And I was like, "It's like that. I know. Like, I don't need someone to explain to me, but I know. Like, it's uncomfortable and it's not nice." Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's weird. I mean, I, again, I've not had that. of like, oh, I love a per- I love a guy in a wheelchair. Me, as much as everyone thinks that's Gina's internal monologue. Um, <laughs> I, I think I've just killed Brooke. For those that can't oh see the God. video, she's currently <laughs> choking on a drink. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Oh, it's, just, it's, it's just, oh. it's just, oh. Gina gets quite a lot of the, like, <laughs> the, um, what's it, oh, well done you for taking, like, for dating the disabled guy, and it's like, why is it a well done me? You didn't, like, buy me at a shop. You didn't, like, oh, I'm going to have that one today. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, like, firstly, I'm not a charity case for, for anyone. Yeah. And I'm also not here to make you feel good about yourself. I'm not here to make you feel good that you're dating the disabled girl. Like, I'm a perfectly whole human being exactly as I am, regardless of my disability. But if you're seeing my disability as, like, the first thing you see about me, then we probably shouldn't be together and we shouldn't be on this date because there's, like, yes, my disability is, like, a massive part of my life and I love talking about it. I host a podcast about disability, for Christ's sake. Like, I love it. But it's also not the most interesting yep. part about me. Like, so yeah, I think yeah, dating yeah, yeah, and I disability, dating and disability is like it's such a it's such an interesting one because as I said, like incredible bullshit detector can really bring some like perverted people out of the waters, but also can bring some really lovely people. Yep. And I've stayed in touch with like quite a few like guys that I've met who like there was nothing romantic there, but actually we just get on as friends, which is really nice. And like. I know a lot of people yeah. don't necessarily get to have that, so I feel quite lucky. <laughs> I feel I feel like as well, like whenever I see this, this like an interabled or disabled relationship, uh, there's always a sense of like dark. There's a base of like dark humor. There's always a base of like dark humor because you'll see it flying about and you're like, wow, can't believe she just said that to him. And then you'll see the other person come back with something just as bad. And like, oh my god, okay. So yeah, I feel like humor's the big the big one as well with uh disability because it's figuring out what what you can get away with. And obviously it depends on how well yeah. you know that person, but that initial dating stage is really funny because you sit there going, Oh my god, can I can I can I say this? I don't know. You know it's special when you can crack like a disabled joke and they don't shit themselves. And they're like, haha, that's quite <laughs> yeah. funny. And you're like, ah, okay, like we're good. <laughs> Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily dive into it on the first date because I think that's maybe a bit too far. <laughs> but you know, you know. See, that the weirdest thing with the person doesn't run. You're good. I mean, I'm never going to do that, so don't worry. Um, but <laughs> I'm here all week. Um, but yeah. So, what was I going to say? 
I've knocked my own myself off. Wow, okay. Um, it was, was going I? so well. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think that was what I was going to say. It's like uh, I often use it as an icebreaker when like, I was dating and seeing different people. Um I'd use it an icebreaker because you'd always have the elephant. Your disability was always the elephant in the room. It was the one that everyone wanted to know about, wanted to ask you questions about, and probably wanted to ask you the main question that is always, does it work? Um, and it's, it's so like I'd often use disability jokes as like a icebreaker to be like, yes, let's talk about the elephant in the room. It's okay. Don't worry. I will be your encyclopedia if needed. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's a really like it, yeah, like like you said, it can be such an icebreaker. But like for for me, I like I always make it very upfront that I don't have a hand. Like it's never gonna grow back. It doesn't <laughs> exist. So like like it or lump it. Like you know, we are where yeah. we are. But like I make it very clear yeah. on my profile that I only have one hand as well. So like <laughs> like my profile, like you know, it's like about me, and I'm like. Looks, 8 out of 10. Personality, 10 out of 10. Hands, 1 out of 2. <laughs> <laughs> Just so that everybody knows, like, there, there's no discrepancy. Like, yep. we all know yep. why we're here. <laughs> yep. See, that's an interesting one, because that's another one that I always get asked. Like, God, so I've done a lot of content surrounding mine and Gina's relationship. And everyone asks me, like, oh, do you disclose your disability on your dating profile and it's like it's a really tricky one because on the one hand like people are a lot more open to the idea after they've got to know you a little bit more but then also you shouldn't like you said earlier you shouldn't have to adapt yourself for someone else to like you yeah it's a really tricky one because I can see both sides and it's yeah it's hard hard one to answer I think I can see both sides and I have no issue seeing both sides but for me personally I like it's not it's not who I am and it's not like a like I yeah. don't it's not one of like my core beliefs is integrity like you know if you don't know like everyone should know their five core beliefs and one of mine is integrity and I feel like I'm gonna show up exactly as I am who I am all the time and if I'm not then that's not very integral to myself so actually I'd be doing myself yeah. a disservice if I was like like surprise I only have one hand and people would be like what because it would be such a random thing to like lump on someone. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, by the way, like I don't have a hand. Yeah. It doesn't exist. And people are like, well, where did it go? It never went anywhere. It just didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> I went on a trip to Spain. Just, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, did, lost did, it behind the back it. of a sofa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you find it with your 20Ps, let me know. <laughs> yeah, it's a right arm. Would love it back. I, jokes, I absolutely wouldn't love it back <laughs> at all. <laughs> Please, I don't want it. <laughs> um, <laughs> what made you um, start podcasting? So I felt like there wasn't anywhere where I could hear like two conversations between disabled people and particularly disabled people. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm so sad that I've got a disability or like, oh, like, well yeah. done you for getting out of bed in the morning. Like, congratulations. Because you find like a lot of the times like on TV or in films, media, music, whatever, that the disability community is like really misrepresented. And the idea that you can be like yeah. disabled and happy or like disabled and actually bloody proud of being disabled is, is something that we're yeah. still really like coming to terms with. And we find it quite, and I say we as in like societal, not like me and you, yeah. we find it quite hard to, to, to take and I thought well if I want to listen to these conversations I want to hear about disabled people just being like general badass or like I don't I don't care what you do like as long as you're being a badass in your yeah. life like that's yeah, amazing yeah. like you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. I c didn't see it anywhere and I was like well if I can't see it and I can't hear it then why don't I make it because surely there's other people who want to hear yeah. these conversations as well and yeah. that's kind of where the idea came from really and I thought do you know what like I the thing that kickstarted it for me was, I think it was in 2000 and, was it 2020? I think it was 2020, the government came out with a consensus. And one of the questions in this consensus was, would you date someone with a physical disability? And the options to answer were like, a, 
Uh, strongly agree, agree, disagree, strongly disagree, neutral. And these were all done with like smiley faces. So it was like uber happy, happy-ish, neutral face, kind of sad, yeah. desperately sad. And for whatever reason, that question just really sparked a fire in me. And I was like, how dare you ask that question? Because you're then yeah. putting like the whole onus of someone as a person on their disability. And what if they're really happy about being disabled? There was no like leeway for yeah. any of that. And I was like, actually, yeah, yeah, like I'm really proud of being disabled. Like I'm very proud of what I've achieved in my life when it comes to my disability. Like, so why, why would someone not want to date me? And then from there, it kind of snowballed yeah. into like, well, I'm very proud of being disabled and I'm very confident in my disability. And from then I kind of, you know, explored the idea more and more and more. And then I realized that disability and confidence don't always come hand in hand. They're not symbiotic. They're not no. like codependent. And I was like, well, wouldn't it be amazing if there was a space where we could listen to two people who are really happy about being disabled. And we're like, actually, do you know what? Like, it's incredible. I have the best life. I've got the best friends. You don't yeah. need to be sad about it. What the media says is absolute bollocks. Yeah, yeah. You can create whatever life you want. Yeah. Would that not be like amazing to have that? And then that's kind of how disabled and proud was born and it's like my little baby love i love it i do I, I love that just that whole thing of that that one question sparked so much is crazy and also i want to pull on another point of no one answered that question honestly let's be honest you all felt miserable yeah. as you answered that question and thought i'm going to be judged if i put never is so exactly no one answered it I bet 90% answered neutral because they didn't know what to put. Well, yeah. And I just thought like, what, at what point did the government actually need to know that information? Like, like how does that help them in <laughs> any way to run a country? Like we don't need to go into politics today because that's like, again, completely different topic and completely different yeah. you know, thing altogether. But like that particular question, yeah. why was it in a government consensus? And also, you know, you and I know full well that nobody with a disability, not one single soul with a disability was like, veto like vetoed that because they weren't given the option to look yeah. at it, to veto. There was yeah, nobody with a disability yeah, yeah. in the room when that got asked. Like when they were like, oh, that's a really yeah. good question to put on this consensus. Yeah. Where was the person representing the disabled community at that point in time? They weren't there. They no, definitely weren't Karen. in the room. Yeah, it's good just, old Karen. Oh, oh just... People just don't think when they put questions like that in. It's oh. Anyway, we will get on to a completely huge <laughs> tangent if I do that and we'll be here all day. Um, so I'm actually, actually, I'm intrigued. What was your opinion on, on that on that note? What's your opinion on shows like The Undateables? Obviously, that being a bit of a controversial show. Some people are for it, some people are against it. What's your view? Um... So actually, I think it's really detrimental for like a whole host of reasons. Because I think like the show, I know that the whole idea of the title was that it was ironic and actually these are not undateable people. But that's not the message that it gives out. And, it, and if that needs to be explained, mm -hmm. then your message is not being received. P clear, plain and yeah. simple. And also like... Yeah. It was a form of entertainment. This is not like, this is people's realities and this is their lives. But like going on a show like The Undateables is someone's realistic version of reality. And yet you're making entertainment out of it because they've got a disability and they think yeah. they're undateable, like quote unquote. Like, is that not the most disgusting thing I've yeah. ever heard in my entire life? Absolutely, yes. No, like it's, for yeah. me, it's very distasteful because yeah. I think, there's a lot of people on that yeah. show who were left really open and vulnerable in society in a way that they probably should never have been. And that's not, yeah. that's it, where was the duty of care around that to like protect these yeah, people, yeah. but also like yeah. for the disabled community as a whole, I don't really think it did us any favors because it's not like all of a sudden yeah. we became super effing desirable, you know? It, yeah, it, yeah no, and I like completely agree. The phrase undateables is something that is tossed about quite often. And I think that show 
really just like help solidify that idea and also it runs into that rhetoric that disabled people are like less than or like other two and they can't have like exactly what I'm just like we we both know how passionate we both are about disability and how you can have a great life with disability but that show runs in the complete opposite direction of that that actually oh like look at these poor single sad people and they've all got disabilities oh poor them yeah and at the end of the show when they didn't end up together like oh what a shame they're still looking for love and the idea that you can't that you can be disabled and you like you'll never find love was really like reinforced again and again and again on that show and I thought oh like this is a form of entertainment like you're all sick yeah yeah I think is it it's an interesting one because I I had very I have very similar views to you but then obviously we had a guest George who was on the show a while back and he said it was a really cool experience to it, it was like for some people the traditional like going out on a date and going out for dinner and meeting someone that way doesn't really happen I mean it doesn't really happen anyway because yeah. Tinder's now a thing but um <laughs> yeah as a disabled person you don't really get that experience so then he said that part of it was great and it was still a great experience just to try it out but he did agree like some of the premises were a little bit sus um so yeah Yeah. it's it's really interesting i think it's it's very much it's either it's like mama you're either for it or against it you're like yeah love it or you hate it i think like what those agencies do behind closed doors amazing but you don't need to open your doors and make it into a TV show to make it entertainment for other people. That's like my view on yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I completely agree. <laughs> and to finish off with a strong topic, I'm going to ask you the last question of the interview, which is uh, what's one piece of politically correctness that you really strongly agree with or disagree with? It doesn't have to be disability related. It can be absolutely anything. What's the first thing that comes to mind? So I think this is quite fitting for me is that um, I don't always believe that respect should be instantly given. I'm someone who believes that respect should be earned. I'm not talking about like your grandparents, absolutely respect them. But when we're talking about like figures who are in society who are meant to be maybe above us, I feel like respect should be earned and not necessarily given straight away because for for me, you kind of need to prove as to why I should respect you because I don't believe, I personally don't think that anybody is above anyone else, Uh, but there's a lot of people that I respect, but I'm not going to necessarily give you that respect instantaneously because I don't know you and I don't know what you can do. So therefore I think it should be earned and not given. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Actions speak louder than words, isn't it? Is that the... No, I love it. Exactly like, to be honest, that. People don't. People don't think introvert introvertly, and is that the right word? Like in introspective. Is that the right word? <laughs> yeah. That's the word. Um, <laughs> uh, don't think intro- introspectively enough in terms of like how we actually view that scenario of how do you gain someone's respect? And I completely agree. For me, you do have to show some form of evidence before i go okay yeah i mean i'm always gonna there's always gonna be a basic level of respect like i'm not gonna turn up and be a flat out asshole to you but yeah i will always be slightly suspicious till i get to know you a little bit better yeah but i also think maybe that's a disabled thing because i think you particularly like with disabled people you kind of when you first meet disabled people and especially like doctors nurses all that kind of stuff like I need to understand why I should respect you because you claim to know my body my medical condition whatever better than I do but the reality of it is I know myself best and like however many times you tell me that you think you're right I know you're not so maybe that's where that comes into play like that could be like a little sprinting of it yeah Yeah, I completely agree when you think about yeah that whole thing of like are you going to be one of those people that seems nice initially and then makes a real ableist comment within the five, yeah. first five seconds of us having a conversation? Um, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, that's probably you're probably right. It is probably a, a side effect of being disabled and second guessing people's intentions. Yeah, I think so. But that's like the first thing that comes to mind when you say that. And as I say, it, I'm like, oh, like no wonder you were a bit of a shit at school. 
Like, no wonder. <laughs> I don't care, Miss Collins. Why do we have to do it? <laughs> like, I know Pride and Prejudice was a great book, but why do I need to write this essay about finding love in the book? Like, I just want to enjoy it for what it is. <laughs> <laughs> just just looks at Shakespeare and goes, nah, what am I gonna <laughs> what am I gonna learn from this? <laughs> oh, it's funny. <laughs> uh, what am I gonna use algebra for? Seriously though, when was the last time that you sat there and you're like, do you know what was so handy for me to learn? What the circumference of a circle is? Yeah, yeah. Although Silence. I don't know, maybe, maybe for 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 me, I use it a little bit more because like measuring up wheelchairs and shit. But like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I do agree. I think Matt, there are so um, so many better maths things to do. Mortgage rates, interest rates. It's yeah. yeah there's so exactly. much more. We're not going to get into that <laughs> massive rabbit hole because we will be here all day. <laughs> Um, that we will. As it is that the, we will. as it is the end of the episode, I always give my guests a chance to plug what they're doing, whatever they're working on. It's your time to just shout about it, scream about it, and tell everyone about it. Oh, that's lovely. So, I also host a podcast. It's called Disabled and Proud, and you can find it on Instagram at Disabled and Proud Podcast. It's also on TikTok, and it is. Yeah, it's kind of everywhere. Like, grab it where you get your podcast from. It's also on YouTube, so it's got full captions so that you can watch it and you can view it. And, yeah, I'm going to have a new guest on every single week. Charlie's going to be one of my guests. Like, look out for that episode. So, so yeah, like, (laughs) give me a follow if you want to find out more at Brooke Millhouse on Instagram. So, yeah. But, Charlie, like, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I've had a really fun time. No, it's always great. Like when we, when you interviewed me, it was very much like it was very natural. Like, and it's always nice when you meet an individual like that, where you, I didn't really have to carry the conversation. It is just having a conversation with a good friend. Um, yeah, it's just really good fun. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Not Quite Podcast. Please make sure you follow us on TikTok and Instagram to get regular updates about the podcast.